Hey guys, welcome to this week's roundup. As you could imagine, I have to talk about the big Nintendo announcement, and I also have a quick overview of a Nintendo DS dev kit that I got my hands on. So a bunch of cool stuff to talk about, so let's jump right into it. Well, as you could all imagine, the first bit of news I have to report on is the announcement of the Nintendo Switch, which is the official name of their new console. And I guess they call it the Switch because it could switch between a tablet and a home console. And there's a ton of YouTube videos and a ton of websites speculating on what it could be right now. And those kind of annoy me, both because, you know, some of these videos get 100,000 views and it's just somebody talking about the same video that I'm showing to you right now. And they don't have any actual info, no hands-on yet. So I'll just give the basic facts. It's a console that's a tablet that has a docking station. When it's in the docking station, it can go through your HDTV. When you remove it from the docking station, you could take this controller and slap uh, slap it on the sides of the tablet, which looks like a decent-sized screen. And then that tablet itself has a little kickstand thingy, so if you want to prop it up, you could take the controllers off and play it that way. So it's a neat concept, um, and it plays on cartridges similar to the 3DS cartridges. So what I'm assuming this is, is basically a, like a glorified iPad. Um, you know, the NVIDIA Shield was a good gaming tablet, probably going to be very similar in, um, you know, in specs to it, but that's about it. It's about all I want to speculate on for now, because there's not much other things to go on, so, um, you know, go check out all those other videos if you want, but it's really just a bunch of people talking about what they think it might be. So, um, I have a link to the official video from Nintendo in the, uh, description, and, you know, check it out and see what you think. Next, Darksoft just posted footage of his Neo Geo ROM cart, and it looks great. It supports thumbnail views, and then it also loads four games to memory at once, so it could be instant loading just like on the Neo Geo MVS arcades. And every other ROM loads pretty quickly. He said the the fast or the slowest load time is 12 seconds for one, which is great. Hopefully there'll be more updates on the project soon, and hopefully there'll be a pre-order available. Speaking of Neo Geo ROM carts, Another project has just been launched, and pre-orders are open right now, and it's called the Neo SD. And basically, it's for the MVS, so it's for the stand-up arcade, so you can't use it on the home consoles without an adapter cartridge. But it doesn't seem to be the same quality level as what Darksoft was showing. Some games took over four minutes to load, and it's pretty expensive as well. So I'm definitely going to be waiting for the Darksoft one, but I'll leave the link in the description for anybody that wants to check it out themselves. Um, and I'm not really sure, you know, anything about these guys. I've been following Darksoft's project since the beginning, um, and I'm kind of familiar with a lot of the people on that team, and I really don't know any of these guys. So if anybody knows anything about them, maybe post in the comments. But uh, I don't know. It's always weird when you have a, an open conversation about something. So you have a team like Darksoft's working on a project, and they're always talking about it, always posting updates, and then somebody comes out of nowhere and releases the same thing just a few months ahead of schedule. I don't know. Hopefully it's all and you know, it's all genuine and they were both working on it separately, but it did seem a little fishy to me. So if anybody knows anything about it, post in the comments and see what you think. For all the hard rock fans out there, footage of a cancelled Metallica game for the PS2 was just released. And it kind of reminded me a little bit like Twisted Metal. And it looked pretty cool, but, I mean, in my opinion, you can't really live up to the hype of something like that. I mean, whether you like the music or not, Metallica's one of the biggest bands in the world. So to try to come up with a game to really, you know, to support something that big and massive, I don't think you could ever possibly live up to the hype. So seeing the cancelled game footage is good enough for me. But I'll leave the link in the description, and here's some of it right here. 
The Genesis port of the game Cave Story has just released an update. It's still not beatable in its current form, but you can get a lot farther than last time, and a few of the bugs have been ironed out. So I'm really looking forward to playing this on a Genesis when it's complete. I played it almost all the way to the end for the Wii. I couldn't get past it when, you know, there's like five bosses in a row. But I'd really like to try it again for the Genesis, and I think playing it on an RGB monitor on, you know, the retro experience is probably one of the best ways you could play it. A quick update on the status of the high-def NES boards. It looks like they've shipped from China to Jason, and once he receives them, he'll still have to go through testing and everything. So it looks like whoever ordered in, on this current batch will probably be receiving them within a few weeks. So, you know, a little bit of delays, but all in all, not too bad. A new SCART switch is now available for pre-order. Lotharek, I think that's how you say his name, it's just announced an 8-port SCART switch for $175. US um, and it's also auto-switching like the G-SCART switch, but not nearly as many features. So, uh, you know, I really think availability is going to tell, because Super G is still doing the pre-order rollouts. So he opens the pre-orders, you know, gets enough money for one batch, closes pre-orders, finishes that one, and starts again. Um, and hopefully he'll be able to catch up enough so he could just have regular stock. Because me personally, I mean, I know I'm, I'm friends with Gennady, but this is, uh, you know, it's all about the hardware at this point and the G-SCART switch is pretty awesome and it's come down in price and it comes with a power supply now so it's really close to the price of this new switch and with a lot more features so I personally if I didn't already own one would wait for the G-SCART but if you need one now maybe grab this one or maybe grab one of each if you need 16 ports in it that would probably work out but I think availability is probably going to determine the sale of these things, because if Lotharex is available on a regular basis, it's probably going to take a bunch of the business. So good luck to both of them, and I hope it's a good enough switch um, to compete with it, but for the price, I'm definitely going to stick with the G-SCART. There's a few updates on the PSIO. That's the optical drive emulator for the PlayStation 1 that plugs into the serial port and back. It looks like all of the orders from July, I believe, have finally started to ship and people are getting DHL ship notifications for them. But there seems to be a lot of drama around that. I guess the two main guys that were working on it were feuding and they posted a kind of what should have been a private conversation on an open forum and then they locked down the forum, which, you know, they should have. Um, so now I guess the guy who goes by Shadow is the one fully running the project and he started another forum page you know to discuss it and the updates so you know it's kind of reminds me of band drama to be honest with you like when you have one person running a band you know if people don't like the direction you're going in they leave but if you have two people running it you know now you have to work it out or somebody takes everything and does it themselves and that's kind of exactly what's happening here so I wish them the best, and I hope the product turns out to be great. Um, as soon as it comes in, I'll definitely do a review and post it here. But just, uh, you know, it's sad to see people kind of feuding about this stuff. It was an awesome idea and one that could really be used in a lot of different places. So uh, I hope it all gets ironed out, and uh, I hope everybody that already has one continues to get support and firmware updates for it um, because it was kind of expensive, and it is a cool product. 
Just a quick little fun thing I found. Last week I started talking about using a Raspberry Pi for gaming, and I looked on Etsy and somebody was selling 3D printed um, SNES and NES designs. And people had put them up on the internet before for uh, free download, and if you have a 3D printer you could use these. Um, and I just wanted to give a little bit of feedback on it, because it is 3D printed, um, but I love it. Um, it's kind of weird, because if you could see, uh, it's kind of hard for my my crappy webcam to, to see it. I should probably put better pictures on, but um, if you look it up close, it kind of almost looks bad. You know, you see weird details on it, you see the cuts, and, you know, I was almost a little disappointed when I bought it, but when it's sitting next to my TV and I'm on the couch, it looks great. Like, from back here, I mean, even through the camera, you could probably see the difference. It just looks like a mini SNES. So, uh, I really recommend these. They range wildly in price, and some of the ones for, like, 80 bucks looked exactly like this one. This was the cheapest. So, I'll put a link to the one I bought, but uh, I'm really happy with it, and it's just... I love weird little toys like this. And, you know, since you got to get a case for a Raspberry Pi anyway, why not just get something that you like? So, just thought I'd pass that along. There's been some updates on Wii U hacking. So up until now, you've been able to hack your Wii U on a certain firmware, and it's kind of a long process, and you could run backups, and uh, it, it had some issues, and it just wasn't something I'd messed with yet. I kind of wanted to wait till it was a little more secure. Kind of like when the Wii hacking first came out, it was a little confusing, but then the guides came out, people really simplified a lot of the steps, and there's been another pretty big milestone for it, um, and I'll put the video up for people that want to see. And it looks like we're pretty close to just being able to load games on a hard drive on the Wii U. Um, and I know this is always a, a hot topic, because I have always genuinely bought the games that I loved, but I still like to have them all in one place to make it easier. I mean, I did that with the original Xbox. I mean, I only really played you know a dozen or so Xbox games, maybe a few more, but I owned them all. But I still ripped them to my hard drive because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to have to deal with it. You know, they're up on the shelf looking nice. Why not, right? Why, why risk scratching something? So it's kind of the same, in my opinion, for this. Um, and also, I think I downloaded uh, like one of the Zelda games a couple of weeks before it was released. I had already pre-ordered it. I, I just now I have the game sealed, and I was able to download it and play it on my Wii. So, I mean, it's a uh, it's kind of a a weird thing because I don't want to take away from any of the game developers now, and I certainly don't want to steal from anybody. But stuff like this really is does make things easier, especially when it comes to things like downloadable games. So I bought a bunch of games on my Wii U that I, you know, I purchased legally through them and downloaded it. But, you know, what happens when the Nintendo download service stops running in 10 years and my Wii dies, or my Wii U dies? I can't exactly buy another one and then put those games on it. So, you know, there really is a need and a place for hacking. I just hope that most people don't take too much advantage of it. So, uh, you know, sorry for my weird rant on this one, but I wanted to share the video about the Wii U hacking, and um, hopefully it'll be a pretty smooth process and I'll be able to try it out. So uh, I'll keep everybody posted when I hear something. Someone posted something really cool on my Facebook page that I wanted to share with everybody. A guy named Rasmus took an old Commodore 64 monitor, figured out the pinout for it, and created a SCART adapter, and then he was able to use the Game Boy interface to play a Game Boy game on it. But then he turned on the monochrome mode of the Commodore monitor, so it had that typical green look of a Game Boy game. So you actually got the, the real feel like you were playing a Game Boy on a big screen. I thought that was really cool, and I never thought to do that before. So if I ever get my hands on one of those old Commodore monitors, I'm going to have to try that just for the heck of it. 
One of the creators of MAME, the arcade software emulator, just did an hour-long presentation titled The MAME Story, where he was able to tell how it came about and got into pretty good details about it. So I'll leave a link in the description, but I thought it was really interesting, and anybody that uh, it's a software programmer or just wants to hear, you know, cool nerds talking about MAME, this is definitely the one to watch. Before we get into the Q&A stuff, I just wanted to show a quick overview I did of a Nintendo DS dev kit. I actually never knew this even existed until Chris Covell told me about it, and then my buddy Jordan was able to pick one up for me from Japan. So it's not exactly what I expected, but I thought it was pretty cool and definitely worth sharing. So here it is. I just wanted to do a quick rundown of the Nitro emulator for the Nintendo DS. This is basically a dev kit that people would be able to use to test their DS games and compatibility. And it outputs to either one screen or dual screens, and it mimics whatever is actually on the DS itself. Um, it has card and cartridge slots for Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS. However, it doesn't play retail cards. Um, you actually have to either use the dev cards or you connect with USB to a computer and load things in that way. I believe it also has wireless and network to connect as well, which is kind of cool. I haven't really tried that um, too much of that yet. Um, it uses standard Nintendo multi-outs, but on the inside it actually uses the same DAC as the later N64s, which means it only outputs S-Video and Composite, and if for you to mod it for RGB, you would actually have to use two of Tim's kits, which uh, would actually take the digital signal and change it. So overall, it's pretty neat, but I'm not really sure what I could do with it. Um, the soft I have the software, but I believe it's all in Japanese. And I don't really have dev ROMs or really uh, desire to convert everything. So I might just end up uh, sending this to Super G to play with because I know um, he's been messing with these for a while. The other thing is it seems that the video it outputs is 480i. It looks pretty darn good on my 8-inch monitors here. But, I mean, everything does when the pixels are this close together. So um, it would be a flickery interlaced picture. And I guess it's uh, the FPGA inside, um, according to Chris Covell and Artemio, who have both taken these things apart, um, they have a frame buffer on the inside, and when you hook them up through the USB, you're actually able to capture in progressive scan in the original resolution. So I'm not really sure if there's anything that could be done to actually output it in 240p, but it would be really cool. Um, I'm not really sure why anybody hasn't done an actual RGB outputting solution for the DS, but I hope people get to it soon. Uh, the only other thing back there is the dip switches uh, affect the different outputs. Um, you could combine both videos into one, do it separately, and I'll show a quick demo of that, but definitely don't mess with the dip switches if you have one of these things, because I actually put it into upgrade or firmware upgrade mode and almost uh, almost erased it, so definitely be careful. And now on to the Q&As. Red2503 actually had a couple of questions. First, he asked if I thought it was worth upgrading to one of the Wii's that outputs the slightly higher video quality if he's hooking it up via RGB 480i. In my personal opinion, I don't think you'll see any difference at all if you're running interlaced video. Um, you know, if you were only running 480p, you might be able to see something, but if it's interlaced, you're going to get that flicker anyway, and I really doubt you would see any difference at all. He also wanted to know if there was a way to play GameCube game backups on a GameCube with either an external hard drive or USB flash drive. 
Um, I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure it's it's just the SD cards. And you said the games don't run very smooth, but the very few that I've tried worked perfect. So maybe just try a faster speed SD card. Uh, if I'm wrong about that, everybody please post in the comments. I don't have too much experience doing that. Um, but, you know, uh, maybe there's an easier, um, an easier solution. You certainly can use... Um, the SD card to play GameCube games on a Wii, which I actually have a guide for that up on my site, that uh, it seemed to work fine for me and with no slowdowns at all. And I'm pretty sure you could put it on the USB drive as well if you wanted on the Wii. So uh, maybe just check it out and see if that works for you. And if anybody has any info on that too, you know, definitely chime in. And lastly, he asked if I had any clue where the sellers of Nintendo RGB cables are buying the plugs for the multi-out ports because he wanted to make his own cables. No, I, I think, uh, I really have no idea. I did need to make my own cables a couple of years ago for a very weird Game Boy uh, player project, but basically, I used to just buy the worst crappy quality cables from PlayAsia.com. I mean, they're really bad. I don't use those cables. And then I would carefully pop the multi-out side of it out, desolder everything, and then use that. It's a lot of work. I mean, you know, if you want a project, if you want something super custom, or if you're just looking for a different project, I guess go for it. But I'd really recommend the pre-made ones. But I think PlayAsia's out of stock of those cables, so if anybody else knows where to get the really cheap ones, or knows where to get those uh, the multi-out plugs, the um, you know the male side that goes on the end of the cable, definitely post that as well. I got a bunch of great feedback about Metroidvania games, or at least modern Metroidvania games. So it seems like the consensus in the comments was games like Dust, Guacamelee, and Shadow Complex are really something that old school gamers would appreciate on newer consoles. And Dan Mons actually posted a link to Metroidvanias.com, which is something I probably should have found beforehand, but thank you for posting that. And it's basically just uh, a list of all PC uh, Metroidvania-style games, but a lot of the games on that list are cross-platform as well, so you'd be able to find them on other platforms. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to have too much time in the coming months to play any of these, but I think the one that was probably next on my list would be Shadow Complex, and I'll give that a try and eventually post my thoughts on it. But it's very cool to know that there are still games out there for guys like me that really just want you know, 2D side-scrolling open-world games, and I'm looking forward to trying them out, so thanks for posting your comments. This next Q&A is actually coming through my buddy Phil. Um, you guys have probably heard me talk about him on the podcast before. He's helped out with the website a bunch of times, and I actually keep trying to get him on to show off his setup and talk for a bit, but he's a bit elusive. So, um, But he had a, a couple of good statements about Sony BVM monitors. Because a few people had asked him about what he uses, and then he made the recommendation. And they were kind of beginners and went out and bought a pretty expensive BVM and then tried hooking it up themselves and had a ton of issues. So he and I were talking, and we realized that I'd never really explained um, how, more, how much more complicated they are. So, for example, if you have just a basic setup, Super Nintendo, Genesis, Master System, and let's say N64 and an RGB-modded Nintendo. So you get them all through a G-SCART switch running in uh, with the sync stripper on, and you plug it into a, a PVM or equivalent, it just works. There's really no setup involved at all. You know, if you run through something with a sync stripper, you never have to worry about your monitor being compatible with it. So the G-SCART switch handles that fine. And it just, you know, you might 
sometimes need to just tweak brightness or something if your consoles aren't modded 100% properly, but generally speaking, you set the input and you walk away and that's it. Whereas with the BVM, you know, the higher end you go, the more the more options. So there is many cases where I'll turn on a console and I'll be playing on my BVM and it works and then I'll turn it off. And the, the console we were actually speaking about today was um, the Master System, an unmodded RGB Master System, where for Phil, he had uh, a couple of issues and so did I, where like the top of the screen got a little wavy and I set my BVM to VCR mode and that solved the problem. Um, there was another time, I think it was with the TurboGrafx-16 I was using. Um, it had a weird mod in it, so I'm sure the mod was the issue. But I actually had to, on my Xtron RXI, turn on the serration, and that fixed it. And these are things that I'd never, ever run into with PVMs. So I just wanted to mention to anybody, like, I, I wouldn't say don't get a BVM. <laughs> Bill, Phil was kind of ranting, saying, you know, just people should all just stick with PVM. It's easier. I don't really agree with that. I think, you know, I, I think it's exactly like buying a really high-end car. You know, you buy a Corvette from a dealership, and sorry for, I don't know what the European equivalent would be of this, but in the U.S., you buy a Corvette, you know, you never have to worry. It's just a basic car that happens to be a little bit more high-performance. But you go out and you get a Ferrari or you get a Lamborghini, you know, there's a lot more maintenance. You have to have the engine rebuilt every 20,000 miles. You have to always worry about stuff. And it's kind of the same with BVMs. You know, you, there's a lot more you can do with them, but that also means there's a lot more you have to do with them. So um, I'd love anybody else's opinion on that. Hopefully, if Phil has time, he'll kind of jump in in the comments and, and kind of give more of his thoughts as well. But you know, I guess basically speaking, if you just want a basic RGB monitor, I would always say just grab a PVM, which I think I generally do always say that. Just grab a, a PVM, 20 inches are really easy to find, and you'll be extremely happy with it as long as it's not damaged or anything. But if you do want to get into the uh, the BVMs, it's a lot of money and a lot more effort. So I uh, hope that wasn't too long of a rant there. I just uh, I thought Phil had a, a really good point when we were talking about that and kind of wanted to pass it along and then see what you guys had to say about that as well. And lastly, a few people talked about the Retro Freak and other alternatives uh, in response to the discussion of that from last week. So Bumtree brought up that Retro Freak consoles actually play PC Engine and Super Graphics games as well, which is yet another reason that it sets it apart from the Retron 5. So uh, I really lost all interest in the Retron 5, and, you know, I, probably the Retro Freak as well, but if I were going to have to pick one, it would definitely be that one. Also, Hello's World reminded me about the Retrode, which is a device that allows you to either play your game cartridges on your computer through emulators or rip your, ROM, or your game cartridges to a ROM. So that's um, pretty interesting because that's one of the features I liked about the Retro Freak. And while the Retrode is kind of expensive, it's way cheaper than the Retro Freak. Um, and I could kind of understand why you would want to play your original cartridges through an emulator, because what if you have a PC set up and you're playing like Super Metroid, and you know then you go in the other room and you have your actual Super Nintendo hooked up to an RGB monitor, that would be the easiest way to continue that save game between the two. So I understand the need for it. It's not really something I would use at all. Um, and ripping your own ROMs is kind of neat too. That way you could save your save games forever. Um, which, for whatever reason, I kind of like that as well. So definitely more alternatives out there depending on what your needs are. Uh, and really, if you're looking for an emulator box, 
I still am going to suggest using a Raspberry Pi over a RetroFreak, unless you're really insistent upon using the original cartridges. But even then, you might be able to use the Retrode on a Raspberry Pi, which would be even cheaper. So I haven't tried it yet, and if anybody has, please let me know in the comments, because that might be kind of a cool idea. You know, you plug the Retrode into the Raspberry Pi and load up that software, stick the cartridge in. Probably wouldn't work, but kind of neat just to think about. So uh, if anybody's tried it, let me know in the comments. Well, unfortunately, that's it for this week. Um, I actually had two interviews lined up, and one, I guess the scheduling fell through, and the other one was amazing, but there were technical issues with it, so we got to redo it, which stinks, because that one went really well. But I'll have a bunch of really great info next week. I have info on a bunch of new mods that's coming out, pictures and uh, you know demos and everything. Got a very cool interview as well. Um, and then, hopefully, if I have... Uh, uh, the scheduling mishap, that means I have the week afterwards covered as well. So, sorry about that. And, uh, you know, hopefully moving won't affect too much of this. I know if I had a little more time this week, I could have called a few other friends and, and had an interview done, but sorry about that. I'll, at the very least, the roundup itself isn't going to be affected at all. As you can see, uh, hopefully I still did a decent enough job passing along the things that are going on. Um, but maybe the stuff like interviews, and certainly the demos are falling behind. I'm really sorry. I still have, like, Five, I think, to film and, and put out, but I'll catch back up quickly. Um, and I still have a few things for sale. I have one RGB-botted master system that's complete with a controller, some crappy game just to prove it works, um, and an RGB cable itself, uh, and the AC adapter. And that uses the arcade TV board, which is amazing, but the two new ones coming out soon might actually be better. So this is actually probably the perfect thing. So if you don't own a master system already, but we're looking for, you know, looking to buy one, you know, I'll sell this one pretty much for cost, uh, cost plus shipping. And then that way you get something that works amazing now. And if you eventually want to upgrade, since all the hard work's done, everything's been desoldered and ready, it's actually going to be really easy to swap it out with one of the newer boards. You would just move, you know, RGBS and power on both sides, take out the old board, put in the new one. It's as simple as you can get. So if uh, anybody wants that, also I have a DVDO iScan VP50. Uh, this is the one that I was testing with the OSSC, and it worked great. Um, this has got a ton of inputs and stuff and back, ranging from HDMI to component to even RGB. But don't use this directly for 240p. These are not good for just 240p. But if you're running the OSSC through them, or even, um, in my personal opinion, things like uh, PlayStation 2, Xbox, um, even the HDMI modded GameCube will all probably run great through this. And this goes up to 1080p. So, um, you know, this is obviously, you know, more of an inexpensive thing that uh, I think only experts and people that are crazy like me would want. But... I'm putting these up. I got a bunch of guitars I'm about to throw up on eBay as well, just to kind of clear out the last extra things. So um, I'm trying to sell them directly first because eBay fees are insane. You know, they, they have that eBay fee calculator that isn't even close to accurate because there's so much more they jam in afterwards. I think I calculated for most sales, it's like 25% that you lose. So if anybody wants this, uh, jump on it now and I'll, I'll get it shipped within the same day pretty much that you want it. Um, and contact me if you want any of the music stuff too, I guess. But uh, sorry to use the roundup as like my for sale thing. I really hope uh, hope that nobody's annoyed by that. And I promise I'll try to never do it again. I just uh, I figured I would offer the retro gaming stuff to anybody that wanted one. 
kind of no hassle. That way you don't have to deal with a seller where if you don't know if it works or not. Oh, and um, this is already, this comes with the power supply and is already updated with the latest firmware. So uh, if you've read on the site, the, the really horrible time I had updating the firmware, you don't have to deal with it. It's already up there. So uh, I guess this is what I mean by, you know, making it easier for retro gamers. So hopefully you don't think I'm just trying to peddle my crap on here. <laughs> Sorry if you do. Um, but I'll be back next week with a cool guest and a lot of really awesome stuff. And that'll be the last podcast out of this apartment. It might even be empty by the time I do it. So we'll see how all that goes. But as always, any comments and feedback are really appreciated. Thanks so much for everybody's support. I, I, it really means a lot to me. And I will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.